0: Welcome to another podcast, Cook, Eat, Nourish, with me, Fiona Staunton of Fiona's Food for Life. Today's podcast is all about my gift to you this Christmas. I would love to try and be your little angel in the kitchen and help you out, help it be a more hassle-free Christmas, one that you can perhaps prepare the food in advance, sit back and relax and enjoy the day with family. I get upset when I hear people being so overwhelmed at Christmas, so they mightn't cook a lot of meals throughout the year, yet they put the pressure on themselves on Christmas Day to cook a four-course meal for 12 people while still juggling all different family dynamics. So, My goal and my gift to you is to try and help you and to make things that little bit easier this Christmas. Welcome to today's episode. First thing I wanted to talk to you about is my 10 top tips for Christmas. Would you like to take the hassle out of the Christmas dinner? Well, Christmas Day is only a few weeks away. Well, my best advice would be to keep it simple. You don't need to do three different types of potatoes. You don't need to do two types of stuffing. You you know, you don't need to do five different bits of seafood in your starter. Keep it simple. Now, I'm a big believer in preparing in advance. So first tip I'm going to give you is now make your red cabbage so you can. Red cabbage is a traditional Christmas side dish that we would have certainly here in Ireland. Uh, it is an inexpensive vegetable. It is very easy to make a large batch and freeze it. So I would always do this, you know, sometime in December, even in November, I would make a large batch. I would freeze it in portions. So there will be some for Christmas Day. There would be some for another day that, you know, I would have four or five different batches in the freezer ready to use. So you can find all of these recipes um, through my website, fionasfoodforlife.ie, but for the red cabbage, you simply slice it. You can chop it in the food processor, you can chop it with a sharp knife, or you can use a mandolin to get it nice and thin. Perhaps your knife skills, it, it's a hard vegetable to cut because you need good strength in your arms, whereas a mandolin or a grater on your food processor can work really well where you would have nice fine shreds of the red cabbage. So what you do is you add your red cabbage into kind of a heavy base saucepan and then you're going to add in some salt and some vinegar and some spices. So I like to use star anise and cinnamon. You could also add cloves and I think those spices give you a lovely warm winter festive flavor now the top tip in terms of adding the spices if they are whole spices for example the cloves and star anise or maybe a stick of cinnamon i would put them in a little bit of muslin so muslin is like the really thin fine like baby cloth that we used to use um, or you can often get it in a craft shop or a very fine um, clear clean fabric and you can tie it up and put that into the center of the dish the flavors will all spread throughout but you're not going to be left with any chunks of star anise because obviously you don't want somebody to bite into a clove or a piece of star anise but you want the lovely flavor to go through so if you put it in that little bit of a, a muslin or a little cloth bag that'll work really well and then afterwards you can either wash it out and use it again or you can you can throw it out so you put your red cabbage in and your spices and your little bit of liquid. Then you're going to peel and prepare your cooking apples or your brambly apples. So we'll take the core out, we'll peel them and chop them into largish pieces. Then I will layer them around the top of the cabbage in your pot pop the lid on and then continue to cook until it's all nice and tender. At the end, the the apple will have gone to mush and you just stir the whole thing together and mix all those beautiful flavors and textures. So the sweetness, when I trained in Ballymaloo, uh, we used to use a recipe where it's equal quantities of the apple to the cabbage. You may find that a little bit sweet um so you may want to adjust that but that's that's what i would do and also i would add a little bit of sugar just to mention in in the cooking of that as well so that's your red cabbage really easy make it in advance listen to a podcast enjoy your time doing it and freeze it it's ready to go on the day and can just be heated in the microwave or a saucepan on the day so that's number one number two Dessert. OK, so a lot of the time people traditionally would make a Christmas pudding. You can make that well in advance. Um, that's great. If you don't like traditional could Christmas pudding, you could always make a chocolate biscuit case, cake version. And I have the recipe for that on my website as well. And you would just simply put it into a greased or lined pudding bowl and turn it out on the day. And it looks beautiful. And you've got your chocolate biscuit cake, which is going to keep for a good few days. Um, Alternatively, if you wanted something a bit lighter, a lot of the time you will have had a few courses leading up to that. Um, So you might think of something like a, a lemon tart, which is one that I like. Or I make a pretty Christmas wreath I make with meringue. So this meringue wreath is so easy to make so you make the meringue mixture you draw a circle on your parchment paper and then I put large tablespoon blobs of the meringue mixture around in a circle and then you're going to uh, cook the meringue and then you can store it for a couple of days and then on the day I'll have softly whipped cream I'll make a little raspberry coolie, drop it around the wreath on top of the cream swirl it through to make it a little bit of a you know a nice rustic design, and then often, um, you might sprinkle some chopped pistachios. I think work quite well because they've got that lovely red and, and different green colours, it's kind of Christmassy colours, and that can look really nice. And it's not going to be anywhere near as as heavy as a traditional uh, Christmas pudding. So first, you're right, cabbage. The next to think of your dessert. My next tip would be to think of the menu, plan the menu, keep it simple but tasty. So an example of one that I would do, I do a very simple smoked salmon salad for a starter. I will get a really good quality locally produced smoked salmon. I will often get a nice ripe avocado if I can, and I will get some lovely young salad leaves and i would make a dressing perhaps with a balsamic vinegar and an extra virgin olive oil or simply an extra virgin olive oil or sometimes i like to make a dressing with the uh, omega omega 3 supplement um it's a liquid supplement and it just means i'm getting extra omega 3 and i will put that in a container with a little bit of uh, apple cider vinegar and extra virgin olive oil shake it up in the jar and just dress it at the last minute and it's got a really lovely uh, fruity taste to it so a simple smoked salmon salad might be a start I would do or you might do some nice fresh sliced melon the trick of course is trying to find one that is going to be just ripe at the at that time main course I actually do two family dinners I do um, my own family at lunchtime and I do my husband's family in the evening I don't cook both so we rotate houses So uh, with my family, we would go the traditional turkey, baked ham with the red cabbage, garlic sprouts, roast potatoes and cranberry sauce. So I don't do two different types of potatoes. I don't do tons of different types of vegetables. I keep it simple. So the turkey, I'm going to roast in the oven and I'll usually put some streaky rashers on top best thing you can do for yourself to remove stress on christmas day is to buy a digital thermometer most good butchers will sell digital thermometers and just making sure that the temperature is right so you're looking for it to get if you could take it out of the oven at say sixty-eight, seventy. so you're taking it out of the oven 70 you're going to leave it to stand for maybe half an hour before you slice it and it'll be 75 before you're serving it so um But a good thermometer can be the difference between dried out meat and moist, fully cooked meat. Everybody's oven is different. Safety guidelines are there to protect everybody. Obviously, it needs to be fully cooked. And also think about your oven is more than likely going to be overloaded that day. You might have turkey in there, roast potatoes in there, lots of things going on. And your oven might not be, you know, Quite as efficient maybe as you thought it might be. So a thermometer can really save you to make sure that it's fully cooked. And don't be afraid to leave it to stand. That will benefit you. Baked ham. So I usually make baked ham on Christmas Eve. I do it in the slow cooker. Uh, Really simple recipe. Uh, You've got brown sugar and mustard and cloves. And um, a lot of the time if I get a ham and it's kind of in that compressed netting, I won't remove the skin and score it and put on the the cl- put the cloves in that way because it will fall apart. However, if you have more of a loin piece that is solid and isn't being held together with that netting, you can remove the skin on the outside, score it, crisscross it, and then put your um, cloves into that, and then you could finish under a hot oven or a grill so that you would you know would all go crispy on top. In, otherwise, in the slow cooker, I will pop in my cloves um, and do my uh, sugar and mustard mix and just leave it to sit there. You get beautiful, moist, flavorsome ham. And I would tend to serve that as our dinner on Christmas Eve. So I'm just making things easier on myself. And then it's there ready the next day. I just serve it at room temperature the next day. That's the way that I would tend to work. The red cabbage then. I have frozen just spoke about that so that's nice and easy so the garlic sprouts i'm not really a fan of sprouts but i know that they're good for me i know that they're festive they're in season so they're inexpensive and they are nutritious so what i would do with the sprouts is i would sit down with i would watch something on on youtube or netflix or listen to a podcast or an audible book and i will sit down with a knife a board and a beverage a day or two before Christmas, and I will thinly slice all of the sprouts so that they are done. It does take time, but I will sit and do it when I have time. Then I will store it in the fridge and I will put cold, wet kitchen paper on top and then cover it fully. That helps to keep them nice and moist and fresh ready to cook on the day so on the day it's going to take you less than 10 minutes the recipe I have calls for lots of butter and olive oil to make it really tasty some um, crushed garlic some pepper and salt and a little bit of a veggie stock so easy stir fried in a few minutes so it is hassle free and tasty a far cry from the overcooked large bowl of brussels sprouts perhaps uh, we might have had um back in the 80s so i think that's a lovely way to do it next roast potatoes so with the roast potatoes i steam them so i steam them until they're quite f- i tend to use roosters and i just think it's a really good all-round irish potato and i would steam them and they get all kind of like fluffy on the outside and I can steam them earlier on in the day. And again, I'll go with my wet tea towel and leave it sitting on top just so they don't go brown. And then when I'm about to cook them Christmas Day, I'll usually use some duck fat or goose fat. I will heat the fat up well on the pan. So I usually do this after I have taken the turkey out. So I take the turkey out, I leave it to stand. I now have space in my oven. I can now turn up the heat in the oven. I will heat up my duck fat or you can use olive oil extra virgin olive oil and then I would toss my potatoes into the oil and I would cook them. Don't overload them on the tray because they're not going to get crispy. You want a single layer on your tray and plenty of hot oil and lots of salt. Halfway through you want to kind of shake them up or turn them over. What will happen is the outsides will get a little bit broken up, but they're the beautiful crispy bits that everyone jumps for. So that'll be my roast potatoes. And then I will usually serve cranberry sauce. Hands up, I just buy good quality cranberry sauce. Personally, I don't particularly like the cranberry sauce, uh, but I have it there for everybody. So uh, you can make it, absolutely, with some orange juice and some spices. It can be really nice. But for me personally, I just tend to to buy the jar and the gravy. I will also make in advance. Um, I can talk about that one in a minute. And then for dessert, it might be the Christmas pudding with the brandy butter. I make my own brandy butter with uh, butter, icing sugar, loads of ground almonds and lots of brandy. Um, It's probably I like that more than I like the Christmas pudding. So if I wasn't doing that, then I might do the meringue wreath. So we've done the red cabbage, thinking about the dessert, number two. Number three is the menu, planning it in advance. So number four, outsourcing. So I am all on for outsourcing. Maybe ask your brother to bring the ham, ask your sister to bring the starter, ask your mother to bring the plum pudding or Auntie Mary to do the stuffing. Whatever it might be, share the pressure and the financial burden with others attending let somebody else buy the crackers for the table let somebody else buy chocolates for afters whatever it might be somebody else bring the wine I am all on for sharing the pressure the responsibility and in many ways it can be the cost can be very impactful so outsource number five decoration kids love Christmas and they love decorations all around the place. So I get the kids involved. I make edible gingerbread decorations so you can hang these on the tree or they make for lovely little place settings. So what we do is we cut out shapes like gingerbread men, Santa, Christmas trees, hearts, etc. And we pipe the initial of each person onto the front of the cookie. And that is kind of a gift that the kids can give. And they love getting involved. It makes for a lovely smell around the place. And it's just a little bit of uh, fun in terms of place setting. So that can be uh, a really good way to do it. Also, I make um, edible presents with the kids. So we make uh, pecan cookies. It's a really nice melt-in-the-mouth pecan cookie dough. Gorgeous. So with that, there's a reel on that, but you roast the pecans. Then when they are cold, you blitz them in the food processor into mm, a coarse powder, shall we say, not a very fine powder. And then you're going to mix together your butter and your icing sugar. You add in your pecan nuts and your vanilla and then you will add in some flour. Very clean ingredient list. You mix the cookie dough and then you can leave it in the fridge. My top tip with these will be to roll them into small balls and Keep them in the fridge. So you want to get them down to a cold temperature, and then you're going to pop them into a hot oven. If you pop them from room temperature or even the hand temperature after handling or rolling them into the oven, they're likely to flatten and just spread out, and you won't get lovely round um, cookies that that you can make so I put those into a lovely little clear bag a little ribbon on them and then the kids can give those as as presents or perhaps they're going to be the um place setting so that's what I tend to do with that I also have a video there with a food stylist on how to do the table so I do a very simple table I get some branches of the Christmas tree I get some um dried sliced oranges I did a few years ago I'll get some star anise and some whole cinnamon sticks scatter them along the table intersperse just a little light fairy lights and that's it that's the way that that i work it um so we've done our first five now we're on to time allow extra time when you're cooking the main course you have so much going on and you'll have lots of things going into the oven so just make sure you give yourself extra time things take longer to cook than you think you might be used to cooking roast potatoes every week for four people now you're cooking for 12 it's going to take longer so don't be afraid to allow your turkey to stand and actually you want it to stand for a minimum of 30 minutes covered in foil and maybe a tea towel on top keeping it nice and warm but you do want to allow it to stand for the meat to relax so number five uh, number six was time number seven turkey and ham So I will buy enough so that I have some leftovers the next day, just a bit. But unless you really enjoy making up batches of curry and making lots of turkey and ham sandwiches or pies or savoury pancakes, if you don't want to deal with a large turkey, you know, don't. Just buy enough so you have just enough for the next day. If you don't want to deal with carving a turkey and the turkey on the bone, etc., ask your butcher to debone it so you'll have a boned and rolled one. Also, if you're cooking for a lot of people, that can be easier because sometimes the very large bird won't fit into your oven. So the boned and rolled can be good. And I would buy the best quality that you can afford, like an organic bronze turkey. And the ham, as I've mentioned before, I would cook it the day before. Chill it overnight, but I would serve it at room temperature the next day. One less thing to think about. Number eight is is to make the gravy the day before. I mean, the last minute gravy can cause stress at the best of times. On a Sunday when you have people in and I'm hungry and what time is dinner and this is burnt and that's not ready. To try and turn around and make gravy at that stage is a challenge to anyone at any time. So do not let yourself have to do that on Christmas Day. So what I do is I will make a gravy in advance, freeze it, and then on the day I will add the beautiful juices that have come from roasting my turkey into that gravy. So I'll tend to make the gravy slightly thicker than normal, (coughs) excuse me, and then I will add in the juices from it. So you have a beautiful gravy that is just hassle free. So what I will do is I put in um, bits of streaky bacon, bay leaves and rosemary and star anise, and I'll get organic or free range chicken wings. And I am going to chop them up and roast them, okay? For about 45 minutes to an hour. Then I'm going to um, degraze a pan. So I'm going to put some um, water or sherry or port onto it with a wooden spoon and cra- scrape off all those bits where the, the vegetables, etc have caramelized put it into a saucepan and I'm going to add some water. I'm going to leave that to simmer for about 30 minutes. So you've got lots of flavour coming from all of the the chicken, the chicken wings that you're doing and the vegetables, and you will leave it to simmer for a while. So at this stage, then you'll probably, it'll have reduced from about one and a half litres to one litre. And then you can thicken it. So to thicken gravy, I would use corn flour, but you must... Dilute the corn flour in some cold water on the side, first of all. Then add some hot liquid into your cold corn flour mix. Stir it well and then slowly add that blended corn flour mix, whisking it in to your gravy until it's the right consistency. So I tend to add it bit by bit. So if you add too much in, then it becomes too thick. But it's very important. Cold water into your corn flour first of all to make kind of a thick paste then add a little bit of your hot liquid i'm talking like two tablespoons of your hot liquid into your corn flour mix stir it and then slowly add that back in to thicken it all up so you cool your gravy if it's a couple of days before christmas it'll be fine to stay in the fridge otherwise you can freeze it and keep it there and Remember to take it out on Christmas Eve. That's the important bit. Leave it to defrost slowly. And then on Christmas Day, you will add in the um, juices from your beautiful roast turkey. After it's standing, some of the juices will come out. After you carve it, more juices will come out and you're going to add all these juices to enrich that, that gravy that you made. Alternatively, You can buy a gravy if you like. Some of the really good stores like, um, you know, Avoka or Marks and Spencer's or some of the really good butchers, they will sell a good quality gravy that is already made. So you make the right choice for you. Number nine is the Brussels sprouts. I mean, leading up to Christmas, when you go into the supermarkets in Ireland, you can almost see a stack of Brussels sprouts all the way up to the roof. Uh, They are very... Plentiful. It seems to be a love hate relationship with a lot of people with the Brussels sprouts, but the method I'm going to show you is a really tasty, easy recipe for Christmas. So, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I will usually, it's kind of a modern twist on it, I would shred all of the Brussels sprouts, I will put them into a container, cold, wet kitchen paper on top cover it pop it into the fridge and you can do this up to two days in advance then i am going to cook them in lots of butter and garlic and seasoning and a bit of olive oil and they really are delicious you could add top them off with the crispy bacon from on top of your turkey if you like or you could fry off some crispy lardons if you like or just simply have them as they are and sprinkle perhaps with some pomegranate seeds they're lovely red deep red jewels and have lovely quite a a festive look to them so that's the brussels sprouts and they're going to take five minutes maybe to to cook on the day depending if you're doing a larger volume you might take 10 minutes but honestly they're not going to take long to cook and number 10 cheese so Ireland has some amazing cheese and I think it is a very wise investment at Christmas time to go somewhere like Sheridan's or a really good cheesemonger or good local deli and buy a selection of Irish cheese while you mightn't necessarily have it on Christmas day there's lots of other food going down a nice cheese board can make a fabulous lunch supper or a final course for any dinner and it'll keep well and last over the whole holiday season I think it is such a really good investment with beautiful thin crackers I think you you can't go wrong so to summarise, my top 10 tips to help you this Christmas. Number one is now, as soon as you've listened to this, go and make your red cabbage. Then you will have it in the freezer for the day. Number two, think about your dessert. It doesn't have to be the traditional Christmas pudding. If you want a Christmas shape pudding, you could do a chocolate biscuit cake or you could do a lovely, simple, festive Christmas meringue wreath. Number three, think about your menu. Keep it's simple but tasty. Number four is outsourcing. I'm sure you'll have lots of family members there or close friends. Outsource. Ask one person to perhaps bring the paham, another person to bring the crackers, another person to bring chocolates for afterwards or wine or whatever it might be. Share the load and the financial burden. Number five, decoration. You may be very talented and make a beautiful Christmas table. That is fantastic. It is not one of my great strengths. I have a video on how to do it with food stylist uh, Agnes, but I keep it quite simple and I get the kids involved. They make edible decorations. Number six, time. Allow extra time. Things will often take a lot longer on Christmas Day than they do any other day of the year. So allow yourself extra time. Number seven, think of your turkey and ham. By the best quality you can afford, for example, an organic bronze turkey. If you have a very large number, you may consider boned and rolled from your butcher. It'll fit into the oven easier and it'll be easier to slice. And I would usually make the ham the day before. Number eight is gravy. Make the gravy either the day before or a good bit before and freeze it. It really saves you last minute stress. Number nine, Brussels sprouts. Uh, My lovely modern slant to it all is doing finely shredded Brussels sprouts that are stir fried in garlic and butter. They taste great. They're nutritious. They look good and they are easy to make and you can prep it in advance. And number 10 was cheese by beautiful Irish locally sourced, locally produced cheese from your fish, from your cheesemongers, your fishmongers, if they have a nice deli counter. Uh, And while you mightn't eat, eat it on that day, it is there. Over the Christmas period, it'll keep really well and it can be a fantastic thing when maybe perhaps when somebody arrives unannounced or could be a last course to a meal, lunch or supper. So many different things. It really is worthwhile having. So I hope you have a very happy Christmas and I hope I've helped to remove some of that stress or hassle you might have experienced in the past. Thanks so much for listening to today's podcast on Cook, Eat, Nourish with me, Fiona Staunton of Fiona's Food for Life. I'd really appreciate if you would subscribe, rate and review the podcast to help spread the word. And if you pop over to my website, Fiona's fionasfoodforlife.ie, you'll find lots of recipes, videos, inspiration and upcoming courses. Thanks a million.